Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Stronghold. As always, I'm your host and Dungeon Master, Sean, and today we have a very special guest to remind us of what happened last week. Um, hi, I guess? Let's see, last week the three knights spent most of their time hanging out in snow shelters, uh, they argued about whether or not they're in a fairy tale world, and they hid from giant scary monsters. I think that's about it. Oh, and they narrowly avoided being wiped out by a great big avalanche, thanks to Freddy using a spell to make them all big. That was pretty cool. Return to your normal size, and the day remains gray and snowy all around you, and you are certainly at the highest point of your travels thus far, with a pass not very far in front of you. And at this point, it doesn't take a perception check to notice that on the many craggy faces of the enormous mountain around which this incredible storm has been focused, there are figures. Lots of little figures moving, doing things. You can't tell. It, it's too far away. But the fact that you can even see them from this distance means that they must be of some considerable size. And they don't cover it. They're not as innumerable as a colony of ants. But there are at least a hundred large creatures swarming about the peak. The movement seems purposeful, and they seem like they're going about in groups of four or five. So it's not hectic or anything? I mean, it's hard to look hectic from such a distance and on such precarious slopes. Are they skiing? They are not skiing. In fact, they are almost exclusively on the stone faces as opposed to the icy or snowy ones. They're getting their suntan on. So large and, I, I mean, how can we get Large how? enough that... Even though they're predominantly focused at the very peak of this mountain, you can still see them from where you are. Do we have to walk past them to get to where we're going? Uh, technically, but they will still be some miles distant. Yeah, let's just ignore them and walk past them. Go, oh, cool. We didn't die to a bunch of giant monsters. I mean, are we going to just try and casually go by them? Should we try and sneak? Sure. Uh, we do eyeball them when we get so when we start to get closer. We're gonna be sneaky, but so we can see what they are. I mean, yeah, You're I, only gonna get about a maybe a mile closer, maybe less. And at that point, when you cross the pass, and it's a fairly sizable saddle of a ridge. If you choose to stay on the distant side from them, they'll be well away from where you are, and still probably fairly hard to see. I mean, I think that's the safe action. We're not in a great spot to, to go into combat right now. Yeah, uh, let's just walk past them. Ignore let's, them. Yep. There's a hundred of them and three of us. Yeah, <laughs> it would not work out. I would take three of us to about half of one. <laughs> Probably. Okay. <laughs> so you're going up? Yeah. You You march the rest of the way up, and it is... It's never easy at this altitude, and with so much snow on the ground and in the air swirling about you, but it is simple. 
there are thankfully no more avalanches and you are not currently being chased by anything that you can see and you get to the pass you make it to the top to the point where you can start to see down again and it is a refreshing change to see a landscape very similar to the one you left again still mountains and valleys and rivers and waterfalls and forests for unending miles before you but the wonderful new direction of down the easy direction where gravity does the work for you we could turn our hats into sleds perception check on the way up please 13 7 uh 17 you it takes until you get almost about entirely up there until a cluster of boulders resolves itself into something much more intentional than the random falling of stones from a great height. When you do start to see it, it looks like an extremely crude hut made out of large rocks from which emanates a very, very thin wisp of smoke. And it is covered on its top and drifted against its side in feet of snow. But at what passes for a doorway, that snow has been cleared out to make an, a very, very large exit for some creature that stays within. And as soon as you see it, as soon as you realize that this is some type of hut, you see what stands above it on a little ledge carved out of the face of the opposing mountainside, the smaller mountainside, where a giant sentry stands watch, still bedecked in the same crude clothing, and looking out for figures crossing the snow, which you all have been quite clearly for some time now. And he starts making his way down to you. With long, swinging steps. And as he does, he passes a boulder against which leans a enormous spear and several javelins, all of which he picks up, but does not yet use as he closes the distance. At this point, he's roughly 200 feet away from you and perhaps 60 feet above you in elevation. But he's making good progress in your direction. You have, however, a little bit of time before he he gets up on you. Does he look... Does it look menacing? It looks like it's coming at us? Yes. You are his objective, and given the general resting state of the faces that these creatures have, they do not look pleasant nor do they look happy to see you. And there's no real place to hide around here? It's kind of open? There was the, the hut immediately in front of you. Let's say 50 feet away. It is, for what it's worth, giant-sized, and there is a thin wisp of smoke coming up out from an opening that you can't see on its roof. But other than that, there's the trail up to the pass, which leads down behind you past the avalanche, and the trail which 
crests the pass and leads down presumably into the valley on the other side. Do you guys want to try to bum rush the uh, the hut? I know this is going to sound weird coming from me, but maybe we should try the diplomatic approach first. Or who are you? I know. And just what have you just done think about this with Thomas. But he is a lot bigger than we are. But that if he brush can't find us then. That brush with death you had really changed. It, Which one? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I've been thinking about my life choices recently <laughs> since you know almost dying from an avalanche moments ago. Yeah, Mere mo- yeah. moments so ago. Like, You're probably all still out of breath to be honest. Like, I'm tired. I don't want to shank him because he'll he'll just backhand me off the cliff. Yeah. Let's just talk to him first. All right, who's got the highest charisma? So, Freddie, how about since you like talking, go ahead and just be you, Adam. Be since you like at talking. him. Yeah. Just All be right. you at him. All right, party face. Let's do this. Chat him up. If you guys want to go hide in the hut, now I'll we're, take care of this. We're right here. We're not going to – I mean, he sees us, right? Has he seen us? Yes. Yeah. It's very clear that he has seen us. So you. we're just going to run away from you. Yeah, I'll distract him. No, we're, we're going to try guys, this. Guys, if I go down. Then you're down. You guys got to run. <laughs> So you're asking us to abandon you? I think you're yeah. giving us. If I go consent. down, there's no way we're gonna kill that dude. Okay. <laughs> I I think we should all stick together for right now. And if we're gonna chat with them, we probably shouldn't, you know, like make like we're gonna getting ready for combat. If we stick together, though, he'll just take us out in one one Is step. Is he that big? Can he step on all three of us? No, no. He is thirteen, fourteen feet tall. Okay, um, I'm going to logistical question. Since I have this thing when I cast spells, mm-hmm. and if it fails, I don't use a spell slot, how does preparing a spell work? If I ready a spell, how does that work? It's just a failure, like normal. So technically, like if, it you doesn't, wouldn't... if it doesn't succeed, then I still lose a slot? No, it would be like casting a regular spell, what we've been doing so far. You uh-huh. roll the d100. Um and if it doesn't go off, then it doesn't go off. You don't use a spell. It's just the timing that's different. The mechanics are otherwise the same. Gotcha. So, but but as far as my trigger goes, is it the same? Like if it, you can set your trigger and you try to cast your spell. What you're really wasting is time. Okay. Okay. Or not wait. What you're using up, what you're expending is is time. time. Okay. Um, I'm going to ready calm emotion if that's he okay. try, if he tries to attack us. Okay. What's the range on that? Just to know 60 feet okay i'm also going to cast mage armor on myself just to be safe that might be seen as an act of aggression i don't know what how it long lo- does that last i don't know what it looks like eight hours cool thank you really yep holy crap and what does it look like i touch kind of my chest and a protective magical force just kind of surrounds me Is so almost visible? like a shimmer like force field kind of thing that's very very close to my my body okay so basically a shimmer envelops you yep so by this time would i've had enough time to make a bowstring i will let you try it so let's say this you have a prototype bowstring um might work it might not um this is probably the first bowstring you've ever made i'm thinking um but you can go ahead and try to string your bow make a strength check all right it's a five. Can I help him? 
do you ask for help? After you go thong, 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 thong. <laughs> So with your strength check of five, let's just say you tried to do it on your own. You take the unstrung bow off of your pack where you had it tied, and you try to bend it in order to string it. And with your uh, roll of five, it does not flex at all. I kind of want to hear the sound that you make with a roll of five. It, it doesn't make a noise because it doesn't bend. No, no him. Oh. It's got to be way more weenie. No, it, five. no, it just... <laughs> you got to remember, Thomas is a big dude. That would be if he had a low strength but made any strength oh, check. Okay, He's tough. He's just not exerting his force properly so right now. So tired. Well, this is the You're first time he's... Tired. Yeah, this is the first time he's ever strung hit the bow, his new long bow. Mm-hmm. So, do you ask for help? Hey, Trowman. <laughs> you want to help me out a little right, bit? I'll, I'll, I'll help him out. You have advantage. All right. Make another strength check. Nat 20 on the second roll. It takes all of your effort, the both of you combined, um, and one of you's kind of more holding it in place, and the other just puts your full weight on it, feet off the ground. And you manage to just get it close enough to get that loop on it. Make me an intelligence roll for the the crafting of this thing. Me? Can Drummond, yeah, no. can Drummond help me with the roll? No. This is this <laughs> roll <laughs> represents an intelligence roll. This roll represents um your the effort that you have put into making your bowstring over the past uh, couple of days. Should have just gone. You got this. Should have just gone with the. Eight in charisma. We believe charisma is a useless stat for me. We believe you got this. That would be a fifteen. There you go. Not bad. And the bowstring breaks as the longbow flexes back into its original position. And having wrestled with this thing for, you know, probably half a minute at least, you understand more fully just how powerful this bow will be once it is successfully strung. This is not an average bow. You've seen people wield longbows, hunting bows, before in, in your life, back in Eideron, and you've seen Run use bows when you went hunting with him. And this bow is not like that. This bow is special. Hmm. I've never used a war bow before. Yeah, you making an oath bow? What's What's going on here? I don't know. This is the bow I found underneath the bed in a box. I, I don't know. Did I find any arrows for it? I don't remember if I did. I don't think you did. So, oh. Yeah, so I don't even know why I'm trying to string. <laughs> hey, guys. So are we going to stick right, so together? Yeah, let's, say, walk over here? let's say between half a minute and a minute have passed. And now he is he has seriously closed the gap between him and your party. And when he gets to be about 90 feet away, he hefts one of the javelins each one about the size of any one of you and hurls it in your direction. Can I ready an action? Nope. You would have had to do that before. Okay. What is your current AC, Freddy? 16. He misses. And it goes wide and lands in the snow with a great deal of force. It embeds itself into the soil beneath the snow, out of which it now sticks. Let's roll some initiative. So I don't even get a chance to Diplomat. It does not appear so, no. You could still try Jeez. and charm him while we're in com combat. Yeah, I guess so. Six. Oof, 20. Very nice. Freddy? 19. 
Sorry, Jarman. It is what it is. He did make an aggressive move towards you and your party, Jarman. So the spell that you had readied does trigger. Yeah. So I will I'll, I'll let you wait until he's in range before okay. that cool. goes off, just to not make it a complete waste. And with that, Thomas, it is your turn. What does calm emotion do other than like calm their emotion? So it has two effects, but in this uh, case, what it would do is make him indifferent towards us. Gotcha. So if he's hostile, it would make him uh, indifferent towards us um, in l- until someone acted hostile towards him. So if it goes off, nobody attack him because then it will wear off. I'm going to throw my dagger at him. He is 90 feet away. I want to see this. <laughs> Let me check the range on it that. It is not 90 <laughs> feet. I think That's, it's... I, I think it's like ten thirty or something. <laughs> you you I really do want to see that. Like what is the accuracy how would you resolve that? If um, he just yeets He his... rolls with such disadvantage that he rolls until he gets a one. Actually has sixty range. What <laughs> So alright, first thing I'm gonna do, I'm gonna move up thirty feet. Wow. I'm gonna yeet my dagger at him. Oh my god. Sixty you know how far that is to <laughs> throw know. a dagger? Holy crap. All right. Roll with disadvantage, please. Actually, I get advantage from my senses. I'm uh, from assassinate. I have advantage on attack rolls against creatures. I haven't taken a turn in combat. He just chucked a javelin at you. But he hasn't taken a turn in combat. That yet. was a that's, surprise. That's that was yeah, that first was, oh, that <laughs> Man. That I was, yeah, was like, so it's really like if you ambush somebody, then how you get advantage. How far up do you move? Never mind. I'm not going to throw the dagger at him. Okay. I thought I I thought I, I was gonna get my sneak attack. Not wrong. Yeah, so I'm gonna try instead of just moving thirty feet forward. Okay. I'm going to pull out the magic long sword, quote unquote magic. Okay. So I'm gonna go off to the right at like kind of a diagonal angle. <laughs> my I'm gonna dash sixty feet. Okay. Movement in action. And then I'm gonna use my bonus action to go another 30 feet. Oh, you could have just said I moved 90 feet. Yeah. All right, so you get about... You have bonus action movement? Yeah, cunning action. 90 feet of movement per turn. Yeah. Why? So he's so right you just up like, on that dude. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so you... <laughs> Naruto run. You I'm take at... off to your... Uh, a little bit to the right, and you quickly pass that hut, which I said was about 50 feet away from you guys, and the terrain gets steeper and rockier. So you don't get a full 90 feet. You do get 75 feet, however. So just do your trigonometry to figure out where that leaves you. About like that. Sure. Yeah. Cool. That's fine. Like that, he says to the audience listening to us. So he drew, he drew a line, a and then he drew another line that was slightly at an angle to the first line. Yep. Yeah, you're all back in geometry class. Yep. I never did geometry. I know. You never did school. <laughs> Freddie, what are you doing? That's hurtful. It's truthful. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie is going to go back to school, maybe learn some more magic. <laughs> All right. I am casting Magic Missile. Okay. Roll for damage, please. Six. So your three magic missiles speed off from your outstretched finger and one after another hit this guy directly in the sternum, definitely winding him and slowing down his downward momentum in your direction. 
It looks like it hurt, but it doesn't look like he's so very damaged. I'm going to yell out and say, I don't know if you can understand me, but we're not trying to fight. After you just hit him with three force bolts. Well, he did throw a javelin at me. Fair is only fair. Okay. Got to do tit for tat. He's definitely going <laughs> to do our tat. He's going to turn us into a kebab. He's going to tat me. And since I still have my movement, I'm going to not cower behind Draman, but kind of <laughs> cower behind, behind Draman. Our AC is the same right now. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, you do that. You throw three force bolts at him. You say, we're not here to fight you, and then you hide behind your friend. Uh, all in all, a rather yep. heroic turn. <laughs> At least I hit something this turn. And this this giant fellow, he continues barreling down the mountain at you nonetheless. And you can hear as he starts rumbling up into a war cry of Uh-oh. just, you know, noise. It's, it's not a word. He's not saying something. He's just... Kind of that that kind of thing, um, you know, for our listeners at home. <laughs> and um, at full speed, he gets right up to you. And about do I get my spell? Yes, you do. Thirty-three. Nothing happens. We're dead. You're dead. And no, I'm hiding behind I'm you. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Then I duck, too. I'm, like, holding Draman on the hips. Oh. Whatever he does, I do. So, <laughs> so the big bad guy, he's coming at full speed at you, and he drops the javelins on the ground about 20 feet away from you and hefts his spear in two hands and tries to plunge it into your body. Draman from Rude. still about five feet away because Rude. the spear is so long. Rude. Did you crit? No. But it hits you. It tears through your side. And where's my damage dice? Does it also get Freddy if it tears through my side? I am holding his hips. In a very <laughs> sensual manner. That was, like, that was a good go. roll he made. Um <laughs> Freddy, don't let go. <laughs> don't worry, Drummond. I'm holding you up. You got um, this. Yeah. You know what? Sure. So we're impaled together. It's the start of a kebab. <laughs> Drummond, you're taking 11 damage. Uh, and Freddy, uh, it doesn't go through you as much as it scores down the inside of your arm, which was holding on to Drummond's hip. And it does 10 damage to you as well. Jeez. So your arm is... It's still, it's still connected to you, <laughs> technically. <laughs> and that makes it Draman's turn. Draman is very painful. Um, it, it's not actually kebabbed you, uh, but there is a large wound in your, your left midriff. It's like, we need to go. Yeah, so Draman, it is your turn. You are not actually impaled upon it. It is just a horrible wound in your flank, as it were. And it is now your turn. You stand still about 10 feet away from this guy, Warhammer and shield in hand. Ow. Um, okay, I'm going to attempt to cast a spell. Okay, what spell are you casting? Uh, I'm going to attempt to cast Command. Okay. 
six six sixty. What do I have to roll? Oh, uh, I need um a wisdom saving throw. What did you cast? And Com- what is the DC command? Uh, fourteen. So you cast this spell. What does it look like? Uh, when I cast command, I <laughs> Thor raise my hammer. <laughs> okay. I uh raise my hammer and it amplifies my voice when I speak the command. What do you say that commands? The power of you, Dura, compels you. <laughs> power of you, Dura, I command you to stop. Yeah, okay. I am telling him to uh, to flee. So I say, in the name of you, Dura, flee. Okay. And he is taken aback all of a sudden, and his face is wrinkled even more with confusion. And he drops his spear on the ground, and it lands in the snow, and he just turns around and starts running in the direction of the path that leads down into the valley. And he keeps on running. And uh, I don't want to be like a rules lawyer, but since he ran away, doesn't that mean Brent gets to attack him? Um, <laughs> so he he never got within five feet of you. Oh, he didn't? No, his spear was long enough that he was oh my stabbing gosh. you from, you know. He was five feet away from you. Yeah. The spear's got reach. This is a, that is terrifying. That hurt. Well, I mean, think about it in proportion. Yeah. If we well, that's true. That's, his spear probably is probably small. 10, yeah. or uh, honestly, probably 14, 15 feet long. Because if, right? if he's like 13 feet, that spear has to be big enough for him to hold, and it'll give him extra reach. We were so close to dying. <laughs> yeah. Good job, Jarman. We might still be close to dying. All right. What are you doing? That's my action. So um, I think that's, uh, that's going to be it. In whatever direction he went in, um, I'm going to... Uh, move away from that direction with the rest of my movement let me ask this question first do we need to remain in initiative no he's running i'm not gonna fight him okay nope nope okay. not after i just got reamed i'm gonna call thomas <laughs> over to us okay like thomas come here come over here i'm gonna nod my head towards freddie like very vigorously to make sure that he knows that i heard him okay i'm gonna sneak up on the hut Calling this thing a hut is an insult to huts around the world. It's really just more of a stone igloo of large boulders stacked on top of each other in such a way that they don't collapse into the interior. And as you sneak around it, there there are no walls, there are no straight lines. It's just a pile of rocks. And when you come around to the front, the side that faces Draman and Freddy, the door is just a doorway there is not even a scrap of hide covering it the door is about mm, 10 12 feet tall and when you look inside you see this small cavern essentially with just enough space that one of those creatures one of those giant things could sleep on either side with a fire in the middle so we're talking about 16 feet in diameter with a fire pit in the middle and just large piles of pine boughs all around it. Oh, okay. I, I know a thing or two about pine boughs. And it kind of smells in there, but the fire is currently going and issuing that small wisp of smoke that you had seen earlier. Otherwise, this place is empty. All right. Do I see any string? You can. <laughs> Thomas you can really do an investigation check for string. All right. While he's doing that, fourteen. No, there's no string here. <laughs> While he's doing that, since he took off to the hut, uh, I'm going to kind of tear off a part of my 
toga to wrap around Drummond's side. I'm no. just saying that toga is getting shorter and no. shorter. No, how many, yeah. how many times have you torn off your toga I, and then <laughs> have it been denied? Twice. Too. I, yeah. I I graciously refuse. The ca- I don't need sepsis. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that, that is you are as walking sepsis. As I'm trying to put this on uh, Draman, I'm going to just be like kind of praising him, telling him he was a fearless fighter, and that uh, we would have all died if he had not done that. If Thank he did, I, if he did. I imagine him doing that thing yeah, where yeah, like a big yeah. kid holds a smaller one away yeah. at arm's length, just yes. by hand to the head. You're just like <laughs> stiff arming me away. <laughs> Well, anyway, as this <laughs> is going on, um, I'm using my inspiring leader feet and just kind of like bolstering. What does this do? So I spend 10 minutes inspiring my companions. I can choose up to six friendly figures within 30 feet. Each creature can gain temporary hit points equal to my level plus my charisma modifier. I'm having a hard time imagining how you're inspiring yeah, us it's, while I'm like, it's not super you. inspirational. Just <laughs> being like, good boy, good drawing. Come on, be inspirational. Who wants the healing? Who wants the Katoga <laughs> bandage? Um, that's a good meanwhile, Draman, your blood continues to issue forth from this wound and paint the snow around you scarlet. So that's fun. Draman, come on, you're going to bleed to death. What if I use a piece of my backpack instead of my robe? Uh, <laughs> is it made of cat? No. Do we One have of you linens? would have left the Pilgrim House with... Medical, yeah, like, okay. first aid stuff, right? Oh, Please. Okay. Yes. Sure. That would be me. Sure. Someone wrote it down, even. Cool. You have materials for this. I will take that out and stop start bandaging your, him up. Start making, stop making your toga into a short skirt, to a mini skirt. No, I'm just going to eventually just walk around in underwear. <laughs> Are we inspired? How many? He's got that leopard. Nine. <laughs> How many temp, temp HP? Nine. Everybody? I'm still waiting to hear you inspire anything. Oh, okay. Inspi- you can get those nine hit points when he inspires Everyone keeps anything. interrupting me. Okay. Inspire. No, go, go ahead. Um, you blocked that spear like a champ, man. <laughs> Way to use your stomach. I know I hold you in place uh, when I saw it coming for me. <laughs> but way to go. Thank you, you for being just... a meat shield. You do a great job. You block that thing like a champion. You make a better door than a window. <laughs> um, I'm going to just say something along the lines of, that was a great fight. Um, our team is so strong with you kind of leading the um, the charge. Thomas kind of doing his own thing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we would have all died without you. So thank you so much for casting magic i know i joke on you all the time but for real thank you i feel inspired fine (laughs) (laughs) and thomas you do not get it i'm sorry you are more than 30 feet away you can't wait we can wait i tried to call him over and he ran away look look, i'm doing wait i'm doing more important stuff i'm looking for a freaking bowstring we need he you need that nine hp actually i haven't been hit yet but but you're gonna but you're gonna I think that you need it more since your health. Everybody gets okay, it. Let's, Everybody in range gets it. Let's let's say this. How long is it going to take Thomas to get back? If it's not within the next it's ten not, minutes, he's not. It's not within ten it. minutes. I feel very inspired okay. by your one minute speech. <sighs> nope, don't get it. You said nine. Nine. You know what? Your speech wasn't inspiring to me. 
I we caught the last minute of it. <laughs> well, you said you weren't coming in that ten minutes. Freddie, what are you wearing right now? <laughs> I'm wearing my pie needles. <laughs> yeah, we're wearing our pie needles and bark hat. We are? Yeah. Everyone's wearing their pie needle stuff? Yep. Okay. Because I didn't have to climb underneath. anything, so nothing even got ripped. I was just running. Okay. Okay. Freddie, what are you wearing? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> what are you wearing? <laughs> I'm wearing my, my undies and pine needles. All right. Everyone make a constitution saving throw. 20. 14. 10. Thomas and Drummond. It is very, very cold up here. You are wearing your warm and waterproof pine coats, but that's not enough. It has gotten even colder the further up you've gotten. And so exposed as you are to the wind and elements up here take four damage a piece. Okay, so it's cold out here. So they're freezing and I'm in my underwear with... You're in your underwear? My pine needles on. You're Bur- not, this, you're this not in your underwear. You're yeah, this, is a, this isn't the time to joke. You'll, you'll just <laughs> No, tell dead. me. Freddie. You'll just be dead. I asked you what you're wearing. What are you wearing beneath uh, your pine coat? What what's, you, what's on your legs? Nothing, I guess. No, nothing? No. The my toga doesn't remember, really go that long. Remember, we're wearing roll the, an, my toga roll goes another, to like uh, Roll another constitution. Yeah, we're wearing sorry. the clothes that Win and Run gave us for this No, occasion. he said nothing. No, he I'm, knows. I'm wearing my toga, but it doesn't go down that far. It's like my knee. If it makes it easier, I'll just have it go to my feet. You said, but that's just not what I envisioned. Yeah, but according you to our said, our one and only fan art, it goes to your feet. That's true. It'll go to my feet. Okay. <laughs> what was that look, Sean? The I'm gonna kill you with coldness. It's not like it's not like being killed with kindness. Being killed with coldness is is the opposite. We'll move on. <laughs> we'll move on. So you've defeated the monster. You've gotten your nine. Freddy HP taken your forward cold damage and here you are. So if we're done out here and you're still in the hut, uh, we haven't like communicated anything about it. I'm gonna walk over that way to see what is going on in in the hut uh, ransacking. I'm just trashing this hut. It's I'm just throwing stuff around in here. There's not much to trash. It's basically just these pine bough beds. But while you are in the hut, Thomas, you are feeling much better. Okay. And Drummond, when you go in the hut, you too are feeling much better. It's warm in there. Again, a little smelly, but part giant sweat and part pine needle smell. So a weird conflict there. Don't get too close and to the fire. there is not a lot to really trash in here, Thomas. It's, it's very simple. There are no belongings that you can see. There's no chests to loot. This is a... A place where the sentries can get in out of the cold when they need to. All right. Uh, I'm, uh, I guess once I see what he's doing, um, I'm just going to kind of stand there and wait for him to finish. Okay. Not, I'm, he's clearly. I'm very determined. Very determined. So I'm not (laughs) interfering with that. Okay. And Freddie, what are you doing? I follow Drummond into the hut and I'm going to go sit by the fire, kind of dry out my clothes a little bit. It is a nice fire. It is strange for the altitude. It is very robust, and the flames are burning strongly. And there, there are all sorts of branches and you know, pieces of wood in there that have been burned, but most of the fire is this one lump in the middle that is not immediately identifiable as anything that you recognize. It's certainly not a log or a stick or a piece of wood. Magic. Do you cast Detect Magic? I don't have Detect Magic. 
we've been over this. You do. You have cast it before. You cast it in the barrow. I never had it on my I know that board. I've cast a tech He's magic. cast it. That's how you found out that the barrow <laughs> had necromancy. Or- um, I, I can try casting detect magic. I can ritual cast it. No guarantees it's going to work. You know, instead of cast looking it. at the fire, okay. take a look at this bow for me. Do you not know? Can he, att- can he attune to it? Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out how Thomas would figure out he needs something else for the bow. He needs a bowstring. Yeah. A good one. Not one that you made. Not an arts and crafts string. <laughs> and I want to just see like if he can see what the properties of it are. Which and fleshing level? Um, Not 99. And who were you asking? Because we were both about to cast it, so you have to Well, specify. if you're going to do it, go for it. I mean, you can see everything, so you can just look at yeah. it. Yeah, hey, Freddy, can you take a look at this bow for me? Sure. I'll look at that, too. I mean, it's every everything around in the area, so you can just peep everything while you got to run it. Oh, that's true. Let's take a look at the sword, too. So, you look into the fire, and you see that whatever that lump is in the middle is indeed magic. It would be evocation magic. And nothing particularly strong, but a good, durable spell. Crafted in a manner that you are unfamiliar with. When you look at the bow, you see, again, an unfamiliar thing, but this time enchantment. What else can detect magic tell you? Uh, how detailed does it get? It says, if you sense magic in this way, you can use your action to see a faint aura around any visible creature or object in the area that bears magic, and you learn its school of magic, if any. The spell can penetrate most barriers, but is blocked by one foot of stone. Okay, yeah. So enchantment for the bow and evocation for the lump in the middle. Of the fire. Okay. I will let Draman and Thomas know. Is there yeah. anything else around here that you that you see? Uh, no. The, the confines of this hut are otherwise completely mundane. But what does the bow do? I don't know. Can't you just look at it? I did. Can't you just look harder? Thomas. You know magic, Everything right? Everything that I know about this bow, I've told you. Wow, you're it's... pretty useless. Thomas, I don't, I don't think he can just figure stuff out. I mean, I've done Detagmatic before, and it's not just shows kind of what's going on with something. And we're not. in a different world. Like, we've never been here before. This is magic that I have never seen before. Yeah, I he's just... lucky it works at all. Right. I can just tell, like, what kind of magic they used. I don't know exactly what it does. But if it's enchanted, it must do some kind of maybe element damage, maybe, I don't know. What something. about the sword? Same thing? Same thing. All right, I just got it start. might boost your strength. It might boost something. It, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, try hitting somebody with it. Yes, that's what I was trying to do to the giant, but he started running away. Sorry. <laughs> try hitting the fire with the sword. Maybe it's got ice damage. All right, stand back. I'm going to swing at the rock in the fireplace. It has the enchantment, okay. the evocation on it. Do it. Oh, do we know that has the evocation? Yeah, he just told I you. Just told oh, you. Awesome. All right, I'm swinging at it. Man, Thomas doesn't listen very well, does he? Well, no, okay. I, didn't know, I didn't know that you said that you were just... Actually, yeah, you did say that. I, I just say forgot. It. I was trying to build Are the role-playing experience <laughs> here, okay? Are you uh, swinging uh, full force? I'm going to just give it, like, a light swing. Okay. Because I don't want to try to, like, break the blade. But I just want to see if it does anything if I hit it. Okay. Watch this be, like, an explosive. It's not going... You, you don't have to roll to attack. All right. You swing your blade, and it cuts through the flames like a blade through flames. <laughs> and... <laughs> so descriptive. <laughs> nice. The blade hits that lump in the middle, and immediately that lump is no longer on fire. It essentially turns off, if you will. 
And the few branches or twigs or logs that had been sort of stacked up against it, they continue to smolder but quickly wither in the, in the oxygen-poor environment of this high pass until there is no more fire left. Oh, shit. Does it look like it damaged it? Uh, no, you didn't see any chips or, or pieces or bits come off of this. You didn't make a dent or a divot in the lump, which now appears just to be... It looks honestly like a very large piece of coal, but otherwise unimportant. It doesn't look like it's been worked or anything. It's not a not a cube, just a lump, and now a lump that is no longer on fire. I've had a very large piece of coal in my hand before. Oh, okay. gamer. <laughs> That's a good one. Whoa, <laughs> that's going in the podcast. Oh my god. Um, Thomas, try hitting it again. See if it turns back on. Okay. Miss. Is this like a is it's this like a light switch? A bonk? <laughs> I'm just gonna bonk it again. Uh, you bonk it again and it turns back on. Immediately. <laughs> it's a light switch. Yeah. Uh, cool. I'm gonna give it a quick bonk. A bonk and rock. It, it turns off. All right. I'm gonna grab the piece of coal and say, "Hey guys, I got our fire now." It is now. perfectly cool. So uh, well, it does not burn your hands, even though it was so recently you know, on fire. It was like hey, that. That is the perfect Thomas moment. He doesn't even give it a second thought. He's just like, "I'm gonna take this, even though it was like, on fire." Mine now. Just so you know, it is about the size of a football, and it does weigh probably about. Hmm, Eight pounds, ten pounds. Hey, this Drum, summer in that. Drummond, come here. I need you. I need to give <laughs> you some bonky with the fire. Like, I need to give you some gold so I could fit this in here instead. You're giving him gold. You still have gold? gold. You all have whatever money you left Caton with. Oh no, you no, no. You just don't have. Well I also, gold. I also have like pounds of silver and gold that I took from the uh, druid place. Oh yeah, you do have that. Yeah, that's what I was like. Here, <laughs> I got some poundage. I got we hoard stuff. I'm not taking that. You, I told you not to. I, you shouldn't have that in the first place. Thomas, I'm surprised you're giving gold away. You know, but this magic rock is more important than the gold. Yeah, that sounds about right. If you want... <laughs> just to melt it down. If you want to carry... Oh, yeah. It's the golden goose. Well, it'll be even more fire. <laughs> How are you going to melt... It we got is a, we got a, we got a Thomas. <laughs> you think right. Thomas would question how you melt a rock? That a fire He's got rock? eight intelligence. All He'd right. be like, okay. Yeah, that's what like... Actually... Hey, that's a good idea, Drummond. Let me get this fire going real quick. I'm Freddy. Fuck! Oh, yeah, Drummond's over there. Thomas. Oh, Freddy. Yeah, that's a good idea, Freddy. For the, for the listeners at home, obviously, he looked in the... I looked in the right direction, but said so. the wrong name. So, as you have this conversation about yes. carrying silver you're not supposed to have and yes. how to best transport this magical rock, you hear from outside of the hut... Oh. What was that? Danger tingly. It was a whistle. It sounded exactly like somebody whistling because it was somebody whistling. Does that, uh, do, do your rogue senses pick it, your rogue ranger senses? And you turn, presumably, to look out the door. Yeah. Because yeah. you're all normal people. You're all people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, people. And immediately outside the door, just at the doorway, is a familiar looking, fairly squat, stout figure with a long funny hat on his head and an enormous pack on his back he is clothed this time in thick fur and hide clothing and you can hardly see any any piece of him except for his nose and the little bit around his eyes and his considerable beard is rimmed with frost all over it so i'm time spins around he's gonna get like ready to throw the fire rock at him okay then once he sees him he's gonna give him like a friendly wave okay uh, he waves back. I'm at a point like motion for the amulet. 
and he takes off his second amulet because he has two of them. And again, it's the same set of three twigs tied together. And he holds it up, but does not approach you or come through the doorway. I'm going to walk to him. To okay. He gives you the amulet. I'm going to put on and say, hey, how are you doing? And he signs back, well, may I come in? Sure. It's not our home. Make yourself welcome. And he is walks he a, inside. Is he a vampire? <laughs> Who and what are you asking? <laughs> <laughs> well, completely does, does he look extra pale today? Yeah, this well, is completely out of out of world. Is out he of, sparkling? This is Don asking. Is he Sean. sparkling in the sunlight? Was um, he waiting for us to invite him inside? <laughs> yeah, he was waiting for you to invite him inside. <laughs> but you can't see any bit of him except for his nose and a little bit around his eyes, and that is very red for the cold. Uh, but he does not appear to be panting from the presumably long and arduous climb up and he comes in and he sets his pack down next to the fire and he signs to you thomas i see you've got a uh firestone yes i do but you should put the you should put in the fireplace it's cold up here yeah we we're just testing to see how it worked we weren't sure oh have you never seen one before i can show you oh uh, we've i think we figured it out i'm gonna throw in the fireplace bonk it with my sword again well done <laughs> and he, he he warms his hands up. Uh, he's cold. He's getting feeling back in those uh, admittedly stubby fingers. Our Thomas is good at bonking. Yeah, that's about all I'm here for. He bonk. <laughs> After he gets his hands warm and uh, the blood flowing again, and he starts to unbutton some of his many, many layers of cold weather clothing, he signs to you again, Thomas, I see that you managed to run off the... Sentry hereabout. That was mighty well done of you. Yes, thank you. I'd say it's a good job by myself. You all seem more hardy than you look. Yeah, we get that a lot. So, I have this weird sword I found in the forest. Do tell. Uh, it's an enchanted sword. I was wondering, since you have a lot of magic weapons, if you could take a look at it for me. And of course I would pay you for it. Like, to tell me like what it's enchanted with. I'll appraise it for free. Since we are such good friends. Thank you. I'm going to show him the sword. And he takes it and he turns it over and over in his hands. And he, he spends a, not too much time looking at it, to be honest. And he hands it back uh, fairly reverentially. And he says, well, I actually know this blade. This is Farnell's sword. Whose sword? Farnell. He is a druid who lives not far from here. How did you come by it? So we found this compound with this big tree in the middle of it. Farnold's place. But there's no one there. It was completely abandoned. But there's also this giant wolf that looked like it had been shot, stabbed, and everything. Go on. And then we looked everywhere, and then after we got attacked by a pack of dire wolves, we searched again, and we found a bed that was covered in wolf fur. The sword was in the room, and also I found a bow underneath the bed. But there's no bowstring. I'm going to show him the bow. He doesn't even uh, take it out of your hands. He's like, yeah, that's Farnold's bow. That wolf was probably Farnold. We haven't seen him in a while. Did oh, funny that you, you mentioned that. Uh, we fought him. Really? Uh, yeah. He was he was probably that wolf, wasn't he? I'm going to guess yes. Thomas, what is going on? Shh. Stop. Shut up. What, what Whoa, did he say? That about, wasn't nice at all, what did he say? What did he say about the weapons? Hmm? Why was he so excited about that sword? I always see his hand gestures. He said that it was Farnell's sword. Who's Farnell? You know that wolf that we fought? Yeah. He said that was Farnell. What is a Farnell? Uh, he was a druid. Oh, snap. Oh. <laughs> was it a buddy of his? No, he just knows of him. Okay. So we... No, so wait, we, wait, no. wait, wait, wait. Why are you saying that? I'm going to quickly go, was Farnell your friend? 
Uh, I did do business with him. I sold him that sword and that bow. Oh, yes, he was a friend. So oh, you no. stole <laughs> this druid stuff. No wonder he attacked us. And we invaded his house. No, we trashed his house. Yeah, we did kind of trash that room. And 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 we're supposed and we were mad that that we were getting attacked by this wolf. We we messed up all of his everything. Doesn't matter. He's a wolf. That would kind of yeah. explain though why he just got up after we. Yeah, he probably just well, destroyed him. What's really weird is after we thought we killed him when we were fighting him, he was dead, no heartbeat or anything. Then this weird fog came out of nowhere, and he just ran off back into the woods. Well, I'm not a spellcaster myself, but Farnell was quite a powerful druid back in his days. No one has seen him in about five or six hundred years, I'd say. So it's been a minute, and I guess he just forgot how to turn back from a wall. Oh, okay. He says Farnell just forgot how to turn back into a person. What? But you said you beat him, right? I guess. You defeated him in combat. It sounds like you're yeah. alive, aren't you? Yeah, we beat him in combat, but then he just got up and vanished into the fog. You're lucky you did. The locals don't like it when you kill their neighbors. I think we've figured that out a little bit. It's best for you if you don't go around killing them. <laughs> they have memories almost as long as their lives, so it can make it hard to make new friends. Now, on to... Very important business. You still have that armor. I have many things. Be more specific, please. The banded armor? Yes. Very nice piece. Do you want to see it again? Yes, Maybe I touch do. it? And he takes it. Wait, wait. Hold on. I remember Lick that it. sign. That's armor. I remember <laughs> that. You don't. You have to talk to Colin to get information. What is going on, to Th- Thomas? What is going on? I'm negotiating. You're negotiating? What do you mean you're negotiating? Oh. That never works out well. Trust me. I got this. I cannot trust... The last time you said, trust me, I got this. You have never been a people person in your life. Trust me. Negotiating is not your strong suit. But I do know money. The last time I seriously trusted you. You know how to steal money. We ended up in a world where I couldn't I can count past 10. Cast any magic. (laughs) I just got to take off my socks. (laughs) So he, he witnesses this going on, the conversation you just had. And he says, thank you for inviting me into your hut. It is nice and warm in here, unlike outside. Would you happen to have any food that we could share? Yes, I do. I'm going to break out some of the travel rations that we have. Okay. Actually, instead of that, do you still have any of like the food that we foraged? Sure. Yeah, I'm going to take that it's... out. I'm going to take like a little pot out and start like put all the food in there and start like, heating it up and make like a little stew in the fire. You know, with this, with this bonk rock, we could like invent gourmet cooking. Because you could very yeah. precisely control well, how well you warm Right that. now, I just yep. know on and off. <laughs> that's, well, that's a start. <laughs> Maybe if you hit it in different areas of the rock, it will change the temperature of yeah, the plate. Yeah, Thomas a hasn't gotten the... Thomas doesn't know. He just knows on and off. And he's got a pot, and he's making some stew. All right, so the stew gets made, and the merchant provides a few small ingredients of his own, mainly exotic-looking mushrooms, which he... trip balls! <laughs> but soon, the stew is smelling savory and wonderful, and he pulls out four bowls. None of them match, but they all look very interesting. Draman, you get one that is silver and has a scene of... looks like a some sort of battle between two groups of people engraved on its sign. Freddie, you get one of ceramic... And it just has geometric patterns painted in purple and blue on a white background. Mm, Oddly calming. Thomas, yours is made out of bronze. 
and it doesn't seem to have any patterns or pictures put upon it, but it's just a bowl. It's a basic bronze bowl and a wooden one for himself. And the stew is served, and it is quite scrumptious. You do not trip balls when the mushrooms are eaten. However. Lame. And he says to, or he signs to Thomas, thank you for being such a kind host. Allow me to repay you with a gift. Tell your friends to each of you find five twigs. Hey, guys. Go find five twigs. What? What? We're in a tundra. The pine boughs surround you. Yeah. You are extremely yeah, aware of pick them. Pick apart the beds and get like five twigs Why? Each. He's going to give us a gift. He just needs five twigs from each of us. What? Well, you what? might get your banded armor. From five twigs? Explain. Look, look, don't, don't question the magic man with the magic backpack. He's going to give us a gift. I've got nothing but questions for the magic man and the magic backpack. Yo, Thomas, you should ask him if he's a dwarf. I'm not going to... I'm grabbing my five sticks. Well, after that, you should ask him if he's All a dwarf. All right, well, I go and get five sticks. And, Thomas, I have these four books. I'm going to pull them out. They're the Dragonbound Elven books. See if he knows anything about these or if he would be interested in them because yeah. I've gotten about all I can out of them. All right, I'll sell them for you. He waits for you all to each have five twigs. Do you do so? Yeah. Yes. All right. When you all have your twigs and you sit back down around the fire, he signs to you again, Thomas. Tell them to do exactly what I do. Do exactly what he's going to be doing. He collects five twigs of his own, and he lays them out so that they are immediately next to each other on the ground, making a little, looks like a little raft, almost. And he waits for you all to do the same. Okay. Uh, I mean, I cautiously do the same thing. Okay. He takes a knife out from behind his back. He doesn't show it threateningly, but he he demonstrates it almost uh, infomercial style to all of you. <laughs> and... Ginsu. This can cut through rocks. <laughs> and twigs. And, Ceramic and, and, monocule and he's boy. holding up the knife and looking, waiting for you all. Okay. Uh, Alright, I'm going to pull out my knife. Okay. And, and he points at Thomas and nods. Okay, yeah. I'll, no, I'll pull out. I'll pull I don't out. have a knife. I'm going to kind of shrug my shoulders and shake my head no. I thought you had a dagger. It got taken. It was magic. Oh yeah. It took it. Take. <laughs> Both yeah. of them got taken because it, like, it duplicated. Yeah. <laughs> Freddy. <laughs> right. Freddy, you can... Uh, can use mine afterwards. Okay. So he looks at you intently. Then he looks down at his set of five twigs and he starts carving in them as though they are, as though he's writing on paper. And he makes three cuts, almost like three sides of a square. He waits for you all to do the same. Okay. Okay. All right. Do it. And then he puts his knife down and he signs to Thomas. He says, now, it is very important that they do this next part exactly like I do it, okay? All right. Please tell them that. All right, guys. This is the very important part. You got to do exactly what he does. Okay? Well, what is he going to do? I don't watch know. Why is this so important? He just said it's important. What's okay. happening? I am laser focused. And now he's looking at all of you again before returning to his work, and he makes one more line, one more cut with his knife straight across the four twigs to connect two corners of this almost a square. And as soon as he does it, he throws down that knife and removes the twigs on, I guess there'd be twigs two and four, if you're counting from either side. And he throws them into the fire, okay? And then he looks at you. And he did it very fast. I'm a little confused. I'm also a little confused, but I hesitantly start cutting and then do exactly what he did, toss them into the fire very quickly. Make a dexterity check for me, please. 
16. Uh, it's fine. Nothing happens. You throw the two spare twigs in the fire, and they burn up. Why no did we good? have to do that so fast? Who's doing it next? I'll do it next. Okay. Dexterity check, please. 11. All right. No issue. You throw the spare twigs in the fire, and everything is as would be expected. I'm still super confused. And okay. looking, has anything happened yet? No. No? They've both made that final cut and then quickly removed two pieces and thrown it into the fire. And now he's looking at you. All right. I will, I'll make that final cut and make very it dexterity. Throw them in. 22. Perfect. You throw the two spare twigs in the fire and nothing happens. And it looks like he almost heaves a small sigh of relief before he picks up each of the twigs and he ties them together to make another one of those sign language pendants that he uses. And ah. the middle one becomes the, the top part. And then the two side ones each become the the X, right? The the sides of the almost an hourglass that it makes. And he gestures for you to do the same. And if he, he notices that you don't have twine, obviously, and he provides you the necessary twine. He cuts little pieces off of his spool, but you each get it and are able to make these. And now you each have your own little sign language pendant, okay? I'm going to give him his back. And put all mine. He gives you enough string that you can make a, a necklace out of it. And it works perfectly. And he says, there you go. Easy, right? Why? I put mine on. Mm -hmm. uh, why did we have to do that one part so fast? My people's language, the the words, the the writing for it is very powerful. The runes themselves are magic. And if we had left that rune whole after we made it for just even a little bit too long, bad things could have happened. Is that why you sighed with relief? Yes. Bad things like what? Since these runes are small and in wood, it would probably only be a relatively small explosion. From just drawing explosion? Runes aren't supposed to be made in wood, but they can be. So you're saying I can it, make... They normally need stronger things to hold them, like stone. So you're making... Can I make them into wood and then have enough time to throw them at someone? Or how fast would the explosion be? I don't have it timed. But that would be very dangerous. And please don't do that. I I certainly make a, a, a mental note of that rune. I definitely. Thomas is like... Mostly to avoid ever accidentally drawing that rune when I'm doodling. Thomas is getting some very inconsistent, but very uh, malicious thoughts on how to use the rune. Okay. Yeah, I'm concerned that <laughs> Thomas <laughs> now knows how to make a, <laughs> a makeshift <bomb>. IED. <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> Okay, everyone, I will level with you. I have recorded this outro about 10 times, and it just doesn't seem to be working. So let me give it one more shot. I want to thank everyone for listening to our episode. We always enjoy making these. I have a blast recording them. I know that the players enjoy tormenting me 
and then the whole process from cutting to mastering and releasing continues to be fun. Honestly, don't know how it works, but it's pretty cool. And it's even more cool that some of you out there listen to us. For instance, Joe Shea, you left us a great review on iTunes. We really appreciate it. It was pretty darn funny, and I hope that other people follow in your footsteps to, well, tell us how they feel. Get onto iTunes, get onto Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Let us know how, how you feel. Connect with us, connect with other people, and spread the word about Stronghold. Because chances are that if you find us amusing, if you find us worthy of spending an hour with us every week, then someone else that you know will also enjoy us. They just haven't met us yet. All right. Last but not least, we have another episode coming out in one week on Wednesday, August the 12th. I hope you choose to pick us up for an hour then, too. And until then, I'll let you go. Bye.